Hello and welcome back to The Simplicity Diaries with me, Kim John Payne. This is the third part in our series, our small series on sibling issues, tensions, rivalries and how we can ease them. One of the ways uh, that has proven uh, mildly to remarkably successful, depending on the family, over the years is having kids work with you and having kids work together. And let me just describe what I think is going on here and why this is one of the primary ways to to help kids uh, when they're not doing very well together, uh, be able to feel a little bit more of a common sense of purpose, which is what work does. Work, meaningful work, uh, work that contributes uh, to the family. I don't just mean chores, um, but work such as baking together, um, gardening together, these kind of activities that uh, can be at the core of a family if you live um, in a rural a- area, maybe like my, like I do. My kids for years and years have been involved in animal chores together and they've been involved in chopping and splitting wood and stacking uh, wood together. Uh, it's whatever you can do, whether you're in a, a rural setting, a suburban or urban setting. Step back and have a think. What could my kids actually do together that builds that sense of togetherness and this can be um, can be established way ahead uh, of time um, why it, it can be used um, you know as a, as a help right when kids are having problems but most of all it can be used ahead of time what I mean by that is that when when you start when you when you're working with kids um what happens um let's say you are um you you're engaged i mean you you're doing some kind of baking let's say it's a, and they enjoy to bake and you have a couple of kids who've just been raised that way to contribute in the kitchen i know a lot of families uh um do that including my own so um so you're baking together one of the things that happens uh, that I've mentioned in previous podcasts is that the mirror neurons of a child uh, very powerfully up to about the age of six, seven, eight um, are at work. Um, and then after that, they're still absolutely at work. Just in, in the early years, they're in a very powerful um, influencing st- uh, sort of stage. But um, you start doing stuff and the mirror neurons in the brain will mirror your activity. They'll mirror what you're doing and little children will pull their chairs up beside you and get really involved in what you're doing. And then the other one is beside you and they're, you know, um, cutting things out and handing it to you. And then you're handing it to the other one and they're putting it on the tray ready to bake and maybe glazing it. And you've got a real little production line happening and that's what you do. On it's particularly best when it's like rhythmical, when it's on a Saturday morning or a Saturday afternoon is what we do and we um, we bake. Um, in my family, we used to very often when the children were little, and they still do it to this day, is that Saturday uh, late afternoons when all the work was done, we would get baking for our, our dessert that evening. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's something they all took part in. 
but the um, in a sense, what you're doing is the children are imitating, the mirror neurons are, are firing, but they're not just firing on your uh, activity, on your movements. They're also at work in terms of your uh, attitude, actually, just the way in which you're happy, you're baking, there you are. And mirror neurons very much pick up on that as well and the the child's own inner world shifts to that attitude as well we all know that well don't we often kids pick up on our uh, emotional direction and, and our emotional state well that that's the mirror neurons right so as much as you can do things together with siblings if you've got a small yard perhaps that you that you're planting together that you're uh, putting seedlings in or it might be you're a part of a community garden in a very urban setting and even if you're not it you might consider joining up really almost singularly for this reason because if this is going to help your kids develop a sense of shared purpose and shared purpose is what it's all about, then it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it on every level, but particularly on their relationships with others. Because these days, kids are so prone to not sharing and having a sense of shared purpose because they each have their own devices, they go off to their rooms, and they can be masters of their own universes without really intersecting with each other much during a normal family week. And that's also one of the other drivers of a lot of issues with kids is that they're doing so much individually where they're completely in charge. Um, and when they then come to interact with each other, it's, it's very important, I find, that first of all they do interact, but a way to have them interact, is to have a sense of shared purpose, shared work, shared fun, um, because that then counterbalances a lot of the, the more isolationist kind of development that, that, that surrounds so many kids uh, these days. Likewise, you can do this through uh, through things like many families have Saturday night board game nights where, where the board game comes out or Saturday and Sunday night or whatever, it, you know, you can do. You can also achieve this through fun, through doing things that are fun together. One dad was recently telling me that um, after we talked a lot about sibling issues, he had older kids and they were not doing well, uh, these these two. And so he um, I, he de he decided. We talked this over a bit, but he decided to build a, a like an obstacle course. He had a small backyard uh, in a suburban setting, but he and he had two um, two boys, kids who were identified as male. They were boys who. Um, got out in the yard and they built a ramp, which he actually sent me a photograph of. It was quite a construction. Uh, um, and the two boys got busy making that ramp. They um, they made all kinds of things for their BMX bikes. They had um, these uh, bikes where you can really do acrobatic things. And they built all kinds of stuff. Uh, and 
it took them weeks and weeks and weeks to build it. And the dad said there was a lot of working together in that, a lot of disagreement, a lot of having to see things different ways, literally draw things differently, draw it out, build it. And the dad didn't have any particular building skills. He he was okay, he, apparently, by the looks of things, he could figure it out. There was probably a lot more screws and nails used than a carpenter would, I recognize that. But... Uh, but then the kids started playing with it and started and they had ownership of it because they built it and then they played with it for hours and hours. Now, I really admired this dad because he was um, getting into a very frustrated, like almost shouting-like uh, stage where um, he, you know, he was on a short fuse. He'd had enough with all this sibling stuff. He knew that, that kids would fight, but the, for him this had, this had gone overboard. And so he took this advice about having kids work, but, but I also spoke to him about fun, and he went away and came up with this really great idea. And, and what a great dad uh, to actually do that. And I said that to him, and he said, no, not really. It is just so much better to channel their energy into doing that than it was just to hear them going at each other. So kids doing work together, it's, it's such a beautiful thing. Now, there's one last thing I wanted to uh, cover, and that's mixed ages with kids working. And this, is, this can be a, a really lovely thing, is that when you have, let's say you've got a nine-year-old and a six-year-old and a, and a four-year-old, just to say, you know, and um, one of the things that, that nine-year-olds often, you know, comes up for them is they get really frustrated with the lack of ability, um, you know, fine and gross motor skills and such with younger kids. But here's the, here's the thing about work is that if you set this up, if you're, for example, imagine um, this this dad building this stuff outside, building building ramps and building little jumps and all kinds of things, then you could have a four-year-old out there, no worries at all. But what would the four-year-old be doing? Well, he, if it was a he, would be holding the beams in place, or maybe he would be on his um, on his little tricycle bringing the, the materials over, riding backwards and forwards, providing the materials. Uh, maybe he'd be holding it in place so the big one could drill in, um, could screw in the screws. There's, there's a, so he's got his job, you know, to, to his ability, the four-year-old. The nine-year-old can do more, but now they're cooperating. And um, I've suggested this to countless numbers of parents over the years, is that when you have mixed-age kids, plan out some work and then have them do what they can. You know, if it's a baking project, for example, uh, a 12-year-old is going to be able to do way more, read the recipe, um, you know, come up with all kinds of other ideas and be able to do a whole bunch more. But that, but that 5-year-old, 4-year-old, they could maybe still you know, paint the tops of the scones and glaze them, you know, and then uh, put them on the tray carefully. So w when you do work and you're designing, you know, meaningful, purposeful work, 
have also a thought to what, how can you break this down according to uh, the gross and fine motor skills that children of different ages have and then just completely compliment and affirm everyone for doing it. Um, that that's just, that's just so helpful. And then to the little one and to the bigger one, turn with almost a wink and, and say, you know, that was really, I love it when you, when, when you, say that to your little brother, you know, he feels so good. Well done you. And a nine-year-old, a 12-year-old is just going to grow a foot <laughs> when they have a parent recognize that kind of tendency uh, and, and notice how kind they can be. That kind of working together is, um, is something that's very important when kids start going at each other to be able to say to them, you know what, you were perfectly kind to your little brother yesterday when when we were baking. You you really helped him and were kind to him. What you just said was really unkind. And I know I know that's not really you. I know I've seen you I've really seen you care and be kind to your brother. Now, in order to be able to say that authentically, <laughs> you have to have been able to see it. And so if you're setting up situations where you do see it, then when kids do come into conflict with each other, you can remind them, you really can remind them how well they did in previous situations and how, okay, we're not doing so well now, but that's not the whole world because <laughs> when kids get in conflict, it's almost like the whole world. They become very subjective and they get very involved in, in winning the argument. Um, but if at that moment you can bring the big picture, the objectivity, then it's almost like you're the holder of, of the line. You know, you're the holder of the truth. They're involved in this skirmish right now, but you're holding the bigger picture and kids will hear that. It's almost like soul arnica. It's almost like a balm to a bruised, angry soul that kids are fighting each other that you just remember how well they were doing just just on the weekend how well they built that fort together or whatever it was when we went cycling and and your and your little sister's uh, bike needed repairing you did so well you stopped and you helped her uh, put all that back on and that was it's that it's that kind of thing but we've got to be doing that kind of thing, right, to be able to authentically say it. So this working together uh, both helps kids when they are, um, are, you know, having difficult situations and beforehand as well. Because when they're in an argument, if, if you know, allowing, you know, 10, 15, maybe 30 minutes for the kids to, to calm down a little bit. But if you then say, come, come on, let's, let's just, let's just get, get out the baking. Come on, let's just go out to the garden and see what we can do. Or then the kids are in, into a groove, they're into a slipstream and they'll come out and, and work together again. And so much I find of the way kids make up is through doing things together. I'm not a big fan of forced apologies where kids say things like, well, sorry. You know? <laughs> it's like, it's not great, right? But if we, if, if a parent rather than saying, you know, forcing a child to apologize says, you know what, 
I just think we need to cool on down and then when it's a nice day today, we're just going to go outside and see um, what we can do to finish off uh, getting the fort ready to have a sleepover. Then the kids are on board, much more likely to be on board because they're entering into a practical, doable slipstream. (laughs) Okay, hope that's helpful. Bye-bye for now.